0: And welcome back to the Mindset Coach Academy podcast. My name is Lindsay Wilson, and today we're going to get right into it, into 10 mistakes that I've made in my business. Now, this episode, you know, whenever I come up with my episodes and I sit down and I think about them and I write them down and I you know, outline what I'm going to talk about, I always think about you guys. And I think about, well, why would they listen to this? What what value does this have? And I really think that one of the most valuable things that I can teach you and, and potentially anybody can teach you, is the places that they fucked up. <laughs> I think that that is so valuable because really when we want coaching or we want any kind of leadership, we're looking for somebody to save us from mistakes. We're looking for somebody to save us time, to get us there faster, to teach us the shortcuts. And the things that I'm talking about today were not only mistakes that um, I could have made more money. They were things that slowed me down. I think that's one of the biggest things is, you know, if you're trying to build a business. It's going to take time. Um, but one of the biggest values you can find in the world is someone to help you get there faster. And and by going there faster, what what, what that really means is saving time. And mistakes are time. And so I'm going to go into 10 of them today. And I think this is really packed full of value, regardless of really where you're at. If you are a seasoned mindset coach, maybe you're certified with us, maybe you're an insider program, um, or maybe you are just a mindset coach in, in your own right, this is going to help you. If you are thinking about starting a business, these will give you some things to think about. And again, I think the fuck ups, the mess ups, the mistakes that I made are really one of the most valuable things that I can that I can teach you. And I will also say that I hope this inspires you to think about your mistakes in a new way. This is what we do in our eight day challenge, which by the way, if you've not done our eight day challenge, highly recommend doing that. It is eight days to building your dream business where we take you through eight steps that really all entrepreneurs, but certainly mindset and mental performance coaches need to go through. And one of the steps is looking at your F-ups and recognizing that while sometimes it feels like those mistakes or those things that we wish we had done differently disqualify us from helping people. In fact, what they do is they qualify us to help someone else potentially help somebody else avoid those mistakes or those F-ups. So that's the purpose and sort of the, the intention that I'm bringing today. And I'm really excited about this episode. I think it's a little bit scary too to always kind of share your underbelly, if you will, and your vulnerabilities and the things you're like, oh God, I wish that I didn't do that. Or I wish like, what was I thinking? All of those things. But again, I think for me, a lot of coaching is Bringing the things up so that they can help somebody else, and that's always my my mission. And you know, the value that I that I think is really important for all of us. Um, real quick, a little update on what we're doing here at Positive Performance. We just released, but when I'm recording this, I should say, where we just released our newest ebook, which is How to Become a Mental Performance Coach. And you guys. Even if you are already a mindset coach, but certainly if you are thinking about it and you have a lot of questions about how much money you can make, what you should charge if you need to get more schooling or certification, what to do if your spouse is on board, what would you even teach a client, how do I build my business and what are the steps, all of that is in this guide. It is the most comprehensive, I think, um, resource that I've ever put together for mindset coaches and it's really based on having trained mindset coaches and talk to aspiring mindset coaches about the barriers that they have in even getting started through our certification process. And, um, even the people that didn't join, like I learned a lot from each person that I talked to and I really put it all into this guide. And the goal of the guide is for you to have one place to go with all these questions. I know you guys are Googling it. You're looking on YouTube and like, there's almost too much information out there and you don't know where to look. You don't know who to trust. And it's like you just want someone to tell you what to do. And this guide will do that. And it will also help you decide if you don't want to do this as a career. And because a lot of you have the hangups on the business side, and should I, can I learn business and all those sorts of things? So, anyway, go to positiveperformance forward slash guide to get your free copy. It will really, really help. Okay. So, here we go 10 mistakes I made in my business. Let me give you just a little bit, if you don't know sort of my journey, let me just give you like an overview. So you can kind of, as I'm talking through the different mistakes, you can kind of get an idea of like the journey. So I played collegiate basketball and i would learned mental training from a really young age and I practiced it. And literally I looked around my entire career and I was like, why is no one teaching this? Like, how did I get to be lucky and like had a coach that talked to me about the mental side made an immediate and lasting difference. And it really differentiated my, differentiated me and my performance from people that had, you know, the same talent, if you will. And so I sort of just had this, like, almost like bafflement of, like, really? <laughs> we have state-of-the-art weight training facilities, and we don't talk about mental skills. There's nobody we can go to unless we're, like, freaking out and we need a sports psychologist or a psychiatrist. This is ridiculous. So, after co- college, I started doing some camps, and I don't know if it was that first year when I was playing professionally, or maybe the year after that. I was like, "Huh, I think I could teach this, or at least teach something." So, I called the people that I knew, meaning like my former assistant coaches, um, coaches that I played against. I just called like everybody in my network, which is another thing that we teach in eight day challenge. So, you should definitely go check that out. Um, And I started getting clients. They were like, sure, come talk to our team. And I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) So I was like, all right, so better put a curriculum together. And I came up with 10 steps of things that had been really impactful for me, you know, and simple things, right? Like everybody thinks we need to have like these very complicated tools. I would talk about self talk, I would talk about breathing exercises, I would talk about how the brain works and works to keep us safe and keeps us in our comfort zone and how to prepare for competition and pre-competition nerves and all of the things that like I struggled with, my teammates had struggled with. And so I started that way and I just built it from there. Those people would talk to other coaches. I would start going to conventions and I built my business while I was playing professionally. So I would go play overseas for like, you know, seven or eight months. I would come back. I would train all summer and deliver training sessions you in workshops generally like late summer early fall before I went back overseas and so I had this great sort of balance of like working on myself and I was still playing so I was using all these tools iterating on my content writing a ton and like going delivering it to college teams at that time mostly college teams some some high school and, and then going back overseas now this was pre Skype even maybe there was Skype but it definitely wasn't widespread. Um, you know, I just got an email, uh, email account a few years before, so that's kind of dating me. But there you go. So everything was still in person, and because I was playing overseas, I couldn't do a lot of that. So, but it was kind of nice because I would like work with like I don't know maybe up to five or six teams, and then I would go overseas and I would think about it for like seven months, and then build my business from from there. Um, I retired at thirty, and basically was like, okay, so now basketball is not my full-time gig. It's going to be this. I'm going to be a mindset coach. And from there, it, it really built. And I'll talk about that more in a second. But most of my mistakes came then because that's when I started taking it really seriously. That's when it was my primary income. That's when I was like, okay, I have a real business. This is my job. And so Most of my mistakes came then in my twenties. Again, it was—I wouldn't say it was a hobby because I was still making money, but it was very much like let's build this while I still have my primary income, which was playing basketball. Let's build this, and then when I finish playing, I'll really, you know, put all my energy into this. So that gives you just sort of an like an overview. Here's the ten mistakes that I made. The first one, and this is, um one that I have since corrected, but I would say that this was, this probably was the biggest as far as, um, costing me time. And of course, time is money. And that was this not getting a coach. I look back and I'm like, why did I not have a coach? Like, I just, it's almost like this big confusing thing to me where I'm like, I don't know if it was hubris I think a lot of it was I just didn't really know that coaching was a thing for business owners. Like a coach to me was a sports coach, a basketball coach, maybe a strength coach. I think I just didn't really know. But I'm wondering if also I just didn't think that I needed one or I didn't think that I was a real uh, entrepreneur, like a business person that almost like deserved a coach. I'm not exactly sure what my, my mindset was, but I didn't get a coach until... I was 33, maybe 30, no, 34, pregnant with my first baby. My business partner had just left and I was like, oh shit, I actually have to do this. This this has to be my job, job. Like I got to like go, I got to double down on it basically. And so I was like, then I need to get a coach and I need to figure out what's not working. But I should have gotten a coach way earlier. A coach would have helped me save time. It would have helped me stay focused. It would have helped me not get discouraged like And I'm going to do a podcast soon on like the real value of a coach because it's not just a coach can tell you like, oh, go get leads here or, you know, here's your pricing and this is how you should package it. Like it's that too, if it's a business coach, but a lot of it is like helping you stay on track, figuring out what the track is, the path is for you, and then helping you stay on track and really keeping you psychologically up and so I'm going to talk about that in a separate podcast, but I would say that was one of the biggest mistakes is I didn't have a coach until many years into my business. And, uh, that's very confusing to me now, <laughs> coaching entrepreneurs, why people wouldn't have a coach. Like it is the biggest mistake I see people make. And I know because I did it. Um, Yeah. Business coaching, you would never try to be good at something if you really wanted to be good at it and really save yourself time. You would never try to do it yourself. You wouldn't try to learn tennis by yourself. You wouldn't try to um, do physical therapy yourself. You wouldn't try to learn guitar by yourself. Like, you would, if you want to do it real and if you wanted to do it fast, you would always get a coach. Like, that's the best, oldest, most like logical shortcut there exists in the world. Like, why would you not have it for your business? Okay. Um, part, uh, mistake number two was partnering for the wrong reasons. So I had a business partner, um, for a few years, which is actually my older brother. And I've also had partners, not necessarily like business partners, but tech, uh, people that did tech for me or did marketing or did certain things. And I think partnering can be great. I think I did it oftentimes for the wrong reasons. Like, um, like even like Facebook ads or writing or like anybody that I partnered with, you always wanna make sure that you are partnering for the right reasons. And here's the wrong reasons. The wrong reasons is because you think you're not smart enough. The wrong reasons are because you don't think you can or don't want to figure it out. And it's not that you have to be an expert in everything, but now running a bigger business I need to understand everything. I don't need to be an expert in it. And I don't need to bring people in because I think that I can't do it. It's more about like what's going to save me time. And so that's the lens that I make partnerships about. It's not because I can't do it. It's not even because I don't want to do it. It's not because I'm not smart enough. It's not because I can't figure it out. It's only because I know a little bit now and now I want to hand it off to somebody that can do it faster, or I don't have the time to do it. So I'm going to hand it off. So making sure that you're not partnering because of any like lack, because you think you're not smart enough, or you think somebody else knows better, or like, it's your business. Like you don't have to pretend to know everything, but you want to have at least some knowledge of anything that you're handing out and handing off. Because the buck stops with you. Like you have to understand at least enough to be able to hand it off. Like you can't throw things over the wall and expect somebody else to have the same passion for your business and same drive and the same understanding of your customers. Like all of that stuff is you. A hundred percent, it is you. I would say number three is very much related to this but this is just for marketing and understanding my clients. I tried to, I did, um, I outsourced marketing um, for, I don't know how many months, but I remember specifically, it was like $5,000 a month. And we could pay it, but like, that was a huge expense and it came at the expense of paying myself. And I would just never do that again. Like, again, this is, I think- Coaches and people can give you shortcuts as far as what works and what doesn't work, but there's no shortcuts to marketing and selling and understanding your customer. Like you have to be so good at that and learn it like yourself, hands in the dirt, learning it before you can ever even imagine passing that off to somebody else because you cannot pass off something that you don't understand. And that goes back to mistake number two. But I did this and I thought other people, so these number two and three are very much related, but number two is just about marketing and selling. I thought marketing experts would do better speaking to my customer than I would. And like, that is 1000% untrue. Like you as the owner, as the coach, as the person that is the face of the company you are the ones in the trenches, talking to customers, working with clients, understanding your process, understanding the problem of your customer. Like nobody can do that for you, and if they do, it's not going to resonate. Like someone else could write emails for me, and it's not to say that I, I have Chantel helps me with my content. Like it's, and but she's been working with me for a really long time, and she knows my voice and she knows my customer. If I just went and got like the best marketing agency in the world. Yes, they could help me with like, oh, put this kind of email here and this there and like potentially I could not hand it over to them and expect them to be able to write and lead my customers in the same way that I can. Like it just does not exist no matter what school they went to, no matter how much they know about funnel creation and marketing metrics and customer, you know, market research, like I don't give a shit what they know. They cannot do it like I can do it. And that's not hubris. That is like, I am the expert in my customers. And so if you have that inkling of like, can I pass this off? No, 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 you cannot. You, not until you know your customer like so well that maybe you could get some help. You cannot throw it up over the wall, not from a marketing and selling standpoint. Because here's the other thing if you do, One, it's not going to resonate. And two, you are not going to keep learning and growing. Like every time I miss the mark or every time I launch a product or every time I write an email series, every time I talk to my customers, every time I work with my clients, I learn and grow and get clearer about the problem and able to communicate it better. And like that journey of being able to communicate really well from a marketing and sales standpoint, you don't want to outsource that because that is like gold. That is like the the foundation of how you are going to build your business. Not to mention the fact that that was a shit ton of money at the time. And it actually it still would be like $5,000 a month is like way too much to just like get somebody to write emails and like try to sell people like that. That's not going to work. So outsourcing marketing too early or maybe even outsourcing marketing at all. <laughs> I think you have to be really big to even outsource any of it. And it's still not going to be like outsourcing in the sense of like, okay, here, go do this. It's going to be more like you're writing it, somebody else is setting it up on your back end, that kind of stuff, that kind of help. Okay, mistake number four for me was B2B selling, which is business to business, which means I would go and I would try to sell to a business instead of an individual. And for me, it was athletic departments or teams. And I tell my Insider Mastermind students and even my certification students, like, I think getting into businesses is great. But to me, it's more about business development. You have to make this decision for yourself. But in my experience, selling to other businesses only meant that there was like 15 decision makers. So I would go work with um, or try to work with um, a soccer club. And it's like, well, the coach wanted it. And... The club director, but then the boosters had to pay for it. So then I needed to talk to the boosters and those parents. And then it was back to the coaches and back to the, and then they also needed to get the parents on, but you know, like it was like 1000 people needed to make like one decision. So for me, B2B did not work. It was, I, I shouldn't say it didn't work. It worked. It was a lot of work. And I don't think the juice was worth the squeeze kind of thing. Um So to me, business to customer, B2C, work with individuals, at least in the beginning, use businesses to get in front of people, marketing, business development, do presentations, even if they're for free, go and talk to the club and talk to the parents, but get individual clients, then go maybe to small group. But to me, business to business was just way too much, too many decision makers. So that was mistake number four. Number five was trying to sell courses too early now some of this was the timing um you know this was let's see 2000 gosh 2011 maybe um online courses were not a big thing you know now it's different but i would still say the same thing even if i was starting right now because here's what happens a lot of people see facebook ads for people like passive revenue and, you know, here's a course on whatever. And it's not so easy, one, to sell a course. It is still money that people are presented, that are people are still have to pay you for it. And I don't care if it's $5, people have to take out their credit card, put it in and, you know, pay the money. And that's still money that they earned. It's like, it's not like, people are just lined up to take courses. And the second thing is developing a course that actually takes people through a process takes so much work. And most of us don't really understand how to take somebody through that journey. Like, And, and, and I would also say that it's different than taking somebody one-to-one or even in a small group than it is doing it on an app or doing it online. Like that learning is a different experience. And so not only do you you have to be good at mindset and mental training, you have to be good at the technology behind it, which the technology actually isn't that hard these days. It was really hard before and took a lot of time and a lot of tech. I'd have a tech, almost a full-time tech person. You don't need that anymore. Um, But the actual um, like information, like uh, what am I trying to say? Like the curriculum and like, there are people that specialize of course in like information I'm trying to think of the actual term because I worked with somebody like how it's laid out visually how you take somebody step by step to give them fast quick wins in the beginning to keep them engaged you know there's gamification like how many of us actually sit down and go through a course like okay I do but there's always like a very specific end goal and there's certainly ones that I've spent. Like I have one right now that I need to go through, and I just haven't yet. And I spent a fifteen hundred dollars on it. Um. So that is a big thing. Is like courses are not the end all be all. You have to get people results. I guess that's my point. Is like to get people one to sell people on it. That is a whole skill set that is a whole skill set that you have to develop, and then to get people results through that course is a whole other skill set. And you're not developing that, either one of those skill sets, just by coaching, or just being good at mindset coaching or mental performance training. Those are totally separate things. If you want to do a course, fine, but it is going to be down the line after you've worked with hundreds of people individually, small group, and then maybe maybe a course makes sense. It is not going to be it's not gonna make sense early. So for me, we tried to sell courses too early um, and thought that like you know, people can't afford me in person, then then they have this course and it's like, yeah, but one, everybody wants in person. and two, like that's just a different skill set. And so it's like it's a great idea in like, In, I don't know, in like your mind, but in reality, in actual implementation, it's a shit ton more work and it's a shit ton harder than anybody tells you. Um, Okay, so number six. This was a big one. And I would say that that's still something that I struggle with, but I'm actually very, very focused now for maybe the first time. And this is trying to sell too many things. This is how my coach talks about it. She says every product every product you sell or service bundle is its own business. wow and i was like that's so true like sure i have some smaller things that that you can buy but like my main business is my certification and i and my insider mastermind which is the follow up to that but that is like that's what i focus on and that there's so much work in selling one thing. This is what we also teach in our certification and our mastermind is focus on one thing. And the reason that people switch is they think that it's going to be easier if they just go over here and sell this thing for this price to this person. It's going to be so much easier if I just switch. And in fact, every product is its own business, so it's like starting from scratch. So don't do this. Do if if you take anything away from Certain this podcast, I would say this is maybe probably getting a coach. And this thing is probably the most important, which is trying to sell too many things to too many different people at too many different price points. Figure out what you want to deliver, where you can get the best results for your clients. Where can you get the best results? So, you know, our insider, our our certification and insider students are like selling a three-month package. Like a lot of them are doing three months because it's long enough that they can get people some real results. It's enough money that it works for them, that they can deliver the at the value that they want. And so that's just an example. But you start doing that, like you might have a follow-up to that to upsell people at the end. But like if you're selling, oh, I do this and then I do this and then I do a small group and then I do one-on-one and then I do workshops and then I do um, three session packages. And I do one-on-one one one session pack. Like it's way too much. It's way too much for you. It's way too much for your clients because when people get confused, they just don't do anything. Okay. So again, one of the biggest mistakes I made was trying to sell too many things. And the thought that I have, the the thought error, if you will, that I had was it's going to be easier if I offer this, like people will buy this and that's not how it works. People will buy what you can deliver on. So we're actually asking the wrong question. When we think of like, oh, what can I sell people will buy? It's like, no, no, no. What can I deliver on and sell that? And learning to sell that again is its own business. It's its own focus. So just do one. It is hard enough to do one. (laughs) And I know that the shiny object syndrome comes up and you're like, well, but I could sell this and this and this. And it's like, okay, well, not when you're first starting, you can't like, I have, I mean, I have little products now, but like, my main thing i have two and i've been doing this for 18 years okay so it's counterintuitive i know but that was a big mistake that i made was trying to sell too many things thinking again the thought error thinking that it was going to be easier okay number 7 is trying to go too big too fast so this kind of ties into what i was talking about earlier but like i thought okay i can do courses i can deliver all these different things and like we're going to change the world which is like a good like deep seated belief like i and i still believe that like my like the world needs more mindset coaches that's like what i tell myself and i think that that's so true but trying to go too big too fast um makes you make decisions that are wrong <laughs> and we do this in our um we have a 6 week boot camp that's like our 100k process in our mastermind and we have a 3 year plan because here's what happens when people don't set 3 year goals they think, okay, I'm gonna make hundred K in one year. And it's like, okay, but then you start rushing and potentially you do things that you shouldn't really be doing just to get the sale or just, you're like chasing the money and you're feeling like, I mean, it's good to hustle, but you're feeling like desperate almost. And I think it's, it's a balance, right? Like you want to go big, but if you feel like, Oh my god, I I'm try, I'm really trying and it's like it's never enough and you can't celebrate the wins and you can't feel confident getting to the next step. You're going too fast. And you feel desperate and it comes across to your clients and you feel rushed. That's really the the underlying it's not really an emotion but that's the underlying feeling is trying to go too big, too fast. And I did that for years and it's like businesses yes you want to have big goals and you want to push that's all great but when you try to go too fast you end up feeling one depleted and two really discouraged because you look around and you're like well and then you you start th- thinking that everybody else went so fast and that's like most people don't go fast building a business from scratch with zero clients like that takes time and you have to build yourself as you go you have to be the person capable of delivering one client then you have to be the person capable of delivering 10 clients and then 20 clients and then you have to fix your back end so that you can manage to onboard that those people and then you have to get that cleaned up and it's like if you go too fast you can get desperate again you can feel rushed you can feel like nothing's ever good enough you can feel discouraged and you can also be just sort of like a hot mess. And so trying to go too big, too fast was definitely a mistake I made. It's like swing for the fences and it it just doesn't really work. Uh, that's what I can say. I just, it's good to have big goals, but like you want to build it in the right way with the proper foundation and not feel like frantic about it. So that's mistake number seven. Number eight, um, I put the business name before my own and I was like, I was I was trying to hide basically, and I was thinking like, okay, I want to have like positive performance as like the brand, and it took me a really long time to just recognize that like, I'm the brand, like people. Okay, yeah, now positive performance has a brand because I've been doing this for 18 years, but like, that's 18 years in, (laughs) like, and. Potentially some people don't even know that that's a business name. Like the brand, the logo, like I just redid all of that with my dear friend, Sam, like two years ago. And before that it was kind of janky. And, and I kept thinking like positive performance, like that's the brand. And, but really that was me hiding. So now my picture's on everything because people want to know you. But for me, that was just my way of like, I thought I was taking myself more seriously. I thought I was being more professional. Um, But really, especially when it comes to coaching, like people want to know you. It's gotta be your picture, your video, your voice. Like, And so for me, I was just hiding. I was just like, I don't know, shy is maybe not the right word. I just thought like it should be business first and then me. And I think that was a mistake. And it took me way too long to realize it. So there you go. Um, Mistake number nine was relying on passion, not what the market was telling me. So I think this is a little bit of um, a hard thing because you don't want to be changing all the time either. You don't want to be like, oh, someone didn't buy. So the market's telling me that this product doesn't work. It's not that. It's more like I just had this deep seated feeling that like everybody knew needed to know mindset coaching and mental training. And like, if they weren't wanting to spend their money, then like they were crazy. And so I'm passionate about it. So like other people are going to get on board. And I would say that like the market was telling me that that wasn't true. And I didn't shift like to really understand that. I think the understanding the customer experience and the market is a really important part of it instead of sort of like, in other words, I think I was a little bit hard headed. I think I was just like, no, 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 really, you need this. And almost like, I don't wanna say entitled, but maybe like, no, I'm really good at this and therefore you should want it. And like, I think there needs to be, I think if I would alter this mistake, I would say there needs to be just more like of a growth mentality with marketing and sales because the market was telling me I want to say no, but it was like what I was offering wasn't quite hitting the mark. And instead of like being curious about that, I was like, no, 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 this is amazing. Like you guys just don't understand. Like mental training can change your life. And I still believe that, but you can't rely on that. You have to figure out and get curious about what the market's telling you. And that's not to say the market's telling you no, like you should just take it and be like, oh, this doesn't work. Because you can use that against yourself. And a lot of people do that. They're like, people won't pay for this. That's not what I'm saying. Don't misunderstand me. What I'm saying is get curious, have a growth mentality when it comes to what the market is saying. Figure it out, test things, talk to people. Like, don't just rely on your passion for mental training and mindset coaching because, like, nobody gives a shit. (laughs) People want to know how you can help them. And if you're not able to communicate that, you have to figure out how to communicate that by figuring it out. Okay. Um, and the final mistake that I made is not paying myself enough or often enough. I would often, and I like still struggle with this. There's many times that I don't pay myself because I'm like, oh, I want to pay for this. And so this is still like a work in progress. But I would say that, like, it's really easy to not pay yourself and prioritize other things because you care about your business and you want it to build and you want it to grow. And I would say that that can be okay in certain instances. But what will also happen is you get in the habit of not paying yourself and therefore not valuing yourself. And you could also get very quickly burnt out doing it that way. And so that was a mistake that I made. And again, like I said, I continue to make it because I'm like, oh, I want to pay for this. So I'll just, I don't, I don't, we don't need the money. I just won't pay myself. And it's a really bad habit. And the reason that it's a habit is because I started it really early and everybody told me not to. But I'm telling you, make sure to be paying yourself. Okay. So those are the 10 mistakes I made in my business. I hope they were helpful for you. I think um, again, and for two reasons. I hope that it helps you see the things that you could do differently in your business, whether you're in business right now or whether you're getting started. And I'll review them here in a second. But I also hope that it inspires you to say, like, all of your F-ups in any avenue of your life will also serve someone else. And part of our job as mindset and mental performance coaches is to share the times our mindset wasn't good or the things that we screwed up or the mistakes that we made in order to help somebody else. So you can apparently make chicken salad out of chicken shit. And this is your example, okay? So the 10 mistakes I made in my business, Number one, not getting a coach early enough, I should say. Number two, partnering for the wrong reasons. Not the right reasons, the wrong reasons. Number three was outsourcing marketing too early or or outsourcing it at all. You have to understand your customer the best. Number four was doing B2B selling because there was too many decision makers and really not enough money. I would do B2C all day, every day. Number five was trying to sell courses too early. Courses is a whole different skill set. Number six is trying to sell too many things. Every product is its own business. Number seven was trying to go too big, too fast. This creates a lot of desperation and can be really um, demotivating. Number eight is putting the business name before my own because I wanted to hide. People want to know you. Number nine was relying on passion, not what the market was telling me, and not getting curious about what the market was telling me. I want to add that. And number 10 was not paying myself enough and often enough. So, guys, those are the 10 mistakes I made in my business. Come on over to Instagram, at lindsaypositiveperform. Let me know which one of these resonated the most with you. You guys can pop into my DMs. Let me know which one resonated with you. Uh, friendly reminder to please subscribe. We put episodes out twice a month usually me talking with somebody, doing an interview or doing one of these longer training episodes. I also have every Monday, something called mental Monday. You do not want to miss these Hit subscribe so that you can get all of our podcasts right to your phone or listening device. And please, please, please leave us a review. Thank you so much to those of you that did it recently. I just saw a bunch come through and I so appreciate hearing how this is helping you in your life and in your business. All right, guys, the 10 mistakes I made my business go out and make some money as a mindset and mental performance coach. And remember to get your free guide at training.com forward slash guide. All right, guys, you're doing awesome. Keep it up. I'll see you again next week. Bye for now.